Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We're going to be drafting. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account. Amazing odds every single day. Bruno, AJ, Megan, coming at you live on a Tuesday. Tuesday, right? Yeah. <laughs> what day is it? It's hard to keep up. Avs obviously finished their first round series last night, moving on to round two with the sweep. But they're not the only hockey team in Colorado in the playoffs, nor are they the first team to move on to round two. As the Colorado Eagles are going to be taking on the Ontario Reign in their second round series in the AHL, Megan has been covering them pretty much all season. So I'm sure she's got all of the interesting details for us. Megan, are you confident in the Eagles going into the second round? I am just because of how they've played against Ontario throughout the regular season. Um, and they had a pretty strong series against Henderson as well that I think they built some momentum going into round two that they'll only build on. Cool. That's a good a good start to the section. It is going to be a little bit interesting. There are some moving parts here for the Colorado Eagles, no doubt. Uh, Eustace Annan is expected to be back for game one, of course, but he does have to... I mean, I guess he had to travel back from Nashville anyway, right? He just has to rejoin the Eagles up in Loveland. But expected to be the starter for the Eagles. I know, especially down the stretch of the season, he was kind of splitting time with Miska there. Right. How has that situation gone in, in goal for the Eagles? It's gotten better. Uh, Eustace had a tough march, but right at the tail end of the regular season and then Henderson series, he looked strong. Um it was after a really difficult game. It was the pot of gold game in March where both Miska and Eustace led in five goals each, um, but it was particularly tough on Eustace. And I think it depleted his confidence a little bit and it showed in some of the games that followed. And so actually some of those Ontario games too that the Eagles played after that, uh, Miska was starting and won three of the six games that they played. Um, and so I'm, guessing that they still go with Eustace to start, especially because he's looked a lot more confident. Um, but Misko was really solid in net when they played Ontario earlier in the season. All right. Uh, continuing rolling on here. Uh, uh, let's start with the rain side of things. I do want to save some of the, some of our Eagles uh, pieces. As you said in the AHL, you you get a lot of the same teams playing each other. So Eagles and Ontario certainly very familiar with each other when it when it comes to that. Uh, it, it is an interesting situation, though, because both parent clubs are still in the playoffs. So we don't get to see either of these teams kind of do that thing where they load up all of their uh, paper transacted players. So it should be a pretty straight up AHL versus AHL matchup here. How how has the rain looked against the Eagles throughout the season? Where where are they strong? Where are they weak? They're strong in TJ Tynan. Uh, he finished the AHL Player of the Year, and I think he was one of the leading scorers with like 98 points. And interestingly enough, um, against the Eagles specifically, Tynan had, let's see, a goal and seven assists in the regular season. And then in his last series, um, they played the San Diego goals. He had a goal and assist. And so compared to how the Eagles matched up against them in the regular season, um, let's see. 
yeah, Sakura, he had six goals and four assists against Ontario earlier in the season. I still think that uh, Colorado comes out offensively stronger, even with a tool like TJ Tynan was one of their leading scorers. Um, Martin Furk, I included him just because he's probably going to be someone of interest um, for Ontario when we're watching this series, even if it's just contentious. This was someone that was put on my radar when Bo Byram came back for his conditioning stint. And there was just a little bit of tensions between him. Um, he's been a pretty good goal scorer for them too. He had a goal and four assists against the Eagles in the regular season. Um, so he's someone I'm expecting Ontario is going to also count on pretty heavily against the Eagles in this round. Martin Furk has that big old slap shot too. Yeah, he's got the bomb. No doubt about it. Uh, I am curious. We, for much of the regular season, we've heard the conversation about the Avs that, oh, they're soft. They don't play against physicality well. Uh, historically, the Ontario Reign have been a very physical hockey team. Never afraid to, to mix it up on that side of the things. How do the Eagles match up against something like that? I think the Eagles are a physically tough team to play against. Um, they have a lot of guys to answer to in their decor, especially. And they've been playing Middleton. They've been playing England, um, especially because right now Dennis Gilbert is hurt and Jacob McDonald is questionable. Um, so I think they're going to be uh, counting on guys like England and um, Middleton, and they can dish it out just as well. Um, even in the forward group, though, I think that Martin Kaut has grown stronger in his game, um, and he plays a more physical game now than he did at the start of the season. Um, and Sherwood, too, that's kind of an unspoken thing. Um, he is very strong, and I think that he, um, on that top line, is going to be physically imposing as well. Okay, so maybe expecting a, a little bit of a physical series uh, I hope not. Is, is there... Let's get into the debate, because you have to have this anytime there's a playoff series where any team gets more rest than the other. Rest versus rust here, where Ontario did not have to play in round one. They got the bye, um, I believe. Am I... I think, no, I think they also did, spent did they play against uh, San Diego. Yeah, you're right. My bad. So not really the conversation. <laughs> the actual conversation, though, is the Eagles are coming off of two straight wins against Henderson going into face Ontario. Ontario did, I believe, get like an extra day or two of rest just because of the way the schedule played out. But with these two teams, it <sighs> Eagles have home ice to start the series. Who... I don't know how I want to phrase this question. Let me let me put it this way. How important is it for the Eagles to get out ahead of this series? Or are they a team capable of battling back if they drop the first game? I think that's something they've been 50-50 on throughout the season. So I would, to me, it would be critical that they win game one and two at home. Because they have that home ice advantage, they do play better in front of their hometown fans. Um, and I think they need those games ahead of going to Ontario. 
I'm just not confident in their ability to battle back in the series if they even drop just one of these two games coming up. So to be clear, this is a best of five for the first two are in Colorado. And it's a two, three. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last three are in California if need be. I think the Eagles could pull it off too, winning the first two and then building on that momentum to win a third. I think they're kind of young mentally and how they respond to things. And so I could see them really benefiting from that if they win game one and two. They played so well against Henderson too. Like Ontario, it was an OT win for them in their second game of their best of three. And it was a really close game with San Diego. Whereas with Henderson for Colorado, they were pretty high scoring games. Colorado looked strong in each. Yeah, I, I agree. I, the Henderson series I thought was actually really impressive from the Eagles. This is a team that there's two sides of this conversation, right? The Eagles as a hockey franchise across all leagues they've ever played and they've never missed the playoffs. They're a team who has never missed the playoffs in any league they've ever been in since joining the AHL. It's been consistent first round exits for them. So this is kind of new territory for the franchise. As far as the AHL level is concerned, uh, they have a, a strong veteran core uh, guys we'll talk about uh, in a little bit here, but I am curious where their heads are at. Is there a little bit of extra pressure or is this a free roll for them going into the second round? Oh, I think there's pressure. I, it's my personal opinion that at no point in this season, did they look dominant to me, especially within their own division? It seems like it's just a really difficult division and they have a lot of pieces um, that make them dominant, but there have just been areas of their game that have struggled, whether it be the penalty kill or the power play, sometimes it's goaltending, um, that have made them feel like a third place team um, in the division, which is where they end up. And so I think they have tools to be a first place team, but I don't know if they've mentally believed that throughout the whole season. So I think it's, there's a lot of pressure because they have a lot of the right tools. Um, there are a lot of guys having career years. Like I have to look at that as something that reflects that the development is working to some degree, even if some people like the veteran core are having career years. I think these pieces came together in a really great way this season specifically. Dennis Gilbert having a career year, Jordan Gross having a career year, that kind of thing. AJ, I know you've been a big fan of Dennis Gilbert, obviously has had a little bit of trouble staying healthy this year. Uh, maybe kind of a borderline, hard to really call him a prospect still, but a dude that does have about 30 games NHL experience. First of all, Megan, is he going to get into this series? Will he be back? Is he healthy enough? I was, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think so. Okay. He, he's, his ankles hurt unfortunate there uh, but you keep on moving down the list we can kind of start digging into the prospect side of things however you want to call them uh, obviously the the main two on the front end are, are Martin Kaut and Shane Bowers who it, certainly Bowers' season has been a little bit all over the place but Megan you alluded to it you're starting to see uh, a really quality hockey player certainly at least at the AHL level out of Martin Kaut Yes. So I know he's not your X factor because I've looked ahead and, and cheated <laughs> with the graphics. Somebody little buddy cheated. <laughs> 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 uh, 
but how important are those prospects to the Eagles at, at this point? Sure. Those guys are, are still auditioning for potential NHL jobs in the future, but their focus is on helping the Eagles win playoff games. So where do they provide the most impact? Like the prospects specifically like a cow, yes. even a bocage. Um, and I'm one of my, he's not in a graphic, but one of my unexpected factors is actually foodie. I had him placed higher than Cow, and it's not necessarily that Foodie has a greater impact, but that Foodie, especially in the first series, came alive in a way and was more visible to me than Cow was. Um, and that Scored is not in a both games, didn't he? Yes, yes. back to back games. So I'm like really looking forward to playoff Foodie and what I've seen in his development from the start of the season through now. I actually asked Cronin about it after the Henderson series because he's someone Foodie specifically who's been bounced around third, fourth line at points. Um, he was a healthy scratch one game just because Cronin wanted him to get a bird's eye view. And then he came back and scored a goal in the next game. And so whatever they're doing with him has been very effective. Now he's playing on the second line. He's scoring goals in back-to-back games in the playoffs. And basically Cronin chalked it up to him maturing. He's a really young guy. He basically could have been a senior in high school this last year. Um, and he talked about how it takes a village. He talked about like the team coming together in a way to parent Foodie almost, like when they see him falling off a little bit, the team comes in and it takes a village where Foodie is concerned. And I thought that was really funny um, how they utilize Foodie. But Cow probably doesn't fall into that category as much because he is a little more mature as a player, Um, but he has become more reliable defensively and he is an incredibly important part of the penalty kill now. And that was something that was incredibly impressive and important in the Henderson series. So Cal is going to be a guy that they can count on on the penalty kill, especially with some of the injuries that they're facing right now. Talk about that PK and you have to kill five penalties in the first period. You're you're busy. Didn't love it, but it's just such an AHL thing. Like, it wasn't even specific to just the Eagles being undisciplined. It was just, this is the AHL right now. They called nine penalties in the first period of that game, and it was like, guys, we're not here for you. I I mean, I don't know. Who knows? They were just setting the standard for the NHL playoffs, honestly. (laughs) Those guys are going to be in the NHL playoffs in a year. True. I don't know if this is common knowledge, but... Andreas England is one fight away from an automatic one-game suspension because he's at nine and it takes ten. Yeah, and then he had a he had an incident at the end of game two. It doesn't look like there will be supplemental discipline. That was a joke yeah. of mine that he would get suspended. In my opinion, also not an official, not in a doctor, not an official. It it looked like a clean open ice hit, um, but I still worried that he would be suspended for it. I thought I thought somebody was gonna like go after him, and that was someone, gonna be his fight. And like, someone, someone tackled him and started. So Englund started punching him in the head. It was a really bad sequence. Yeah, but it wasn't a proper fight. They were on the ice, like on the ground. It was horrible. I shouldn't be smiling. It was not good. That was that was the part that killed me, though. Is that there was there was an incident. There was an altercation. Uh, there were punches thrown. There were knees like attacked. But they didn't consider it a fight, so he doesn't get the automatic suspension. And I was just like, if that was special consent, okay. For <laughs> what did. was at stake? Yeah, I, I do wonder if you get into like it was self-defense territory for that argument he was too. Tackled, right? yeah. 
Like, exactly. I don't remember who. It, oh, it was Caden Korzak went right after his knee. And it was like, duh. And I get it. Like, he's a big tree of a human being. So, you know, start low and chop from there. But good Lord, man. That was spooky. Okay. Well, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get eight different kinds on tap down at the bar or, of course, find it at your local liquor store. Do that. They're also giving away tickets to every Colorado Avalanche playoff home game. You can go to breckbrew.com to find more info and nominate someone to win those tickets. Everyone. Games one and two, a round two. Yep. If there's a game five. Yep. If there's a game seven. Yep. Round three and the cup finals. They'll be given away as long as the abs are in the playoffs and at home. So go check all of that out at breckbrew.com. And then if you can't go to the game, you can always watch it on avaca.tv. Go to avaca.tv slash DNVR. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash DNVR. You can get their package for just 15 bucks a month for the first three months when you use that DNVR code. And it's just 25 bucks a month after that. They've got Altitude. They've got Rocky Mountain Sports Network. AT&T Sports Network, it's called now. I, I always say the old version. Uh, they've got the national channel. So they've got all major sports in Colorado covered here in Denver. I know it's been a little bit hard to find that stuff legally lately. So if you don't want to mess around, jump through all the hoops of, of going on the internet and finding all that stuff. Avaca TV sends you a box. You hook it right up to your television. Bam, you turn it on. You're watching your sports. It's that easy. Highly recommend if you haven't checked it out yet. A lot of people have switched, have, have hit me up and been like, yo, Avaca TV is great. It's super easy to use and it goes, it, everything works. It's that simple. Second. It's amazing what a great selling point everything works is. Yep. But it's true. I mean, it's really easy. It's, you don't, you didn't understand how easy it was until you couldn't just turn on the TV and watch the abs. Yeah. I mean, you and I live a different world. Yeah, so, uh, uh, And look, at, at this point, a lot of people understand, like, they know how to watch the abs if oh, they're wow. watching them. They do. But, a lot of people have also just stopped watching the team because they don't have the easy access to it. So this is a great option, you know, for me, tell your parents about it because my parents aren't going to go through Hulu or sports surge or whatever your pick your favorite website. They're not going to do that. If it's not on, they're just the TV. They're just not going to watch it. So that's the people, especially that you can really help out with a vodka TV. Let them know. Um, I don't know. I don't think Avaca's in Canada yet. I They have some, a few locations across the states that you can get it in, but I don't believe it's in Canada. So sorry on that one. Second period of the DNVR Eagles podcast. Got it right this time instead of calling it the Avs like I did earlier. Uh, heading into this series, Megan, we've got the graphics. Let's get into the X factors for the Eagles of the it. series. <laughs> Which one would you start with? Sherwood or Sakura? I think ultimately Sakura is tops, but I had to give some credit to Sherwood. So Sakura is probably tops here. And that's okay. just because of how he performed in the last series and how he's matched up against Ontario uh, in the regular season. He was the leading scorer against Ontario with six goals and four assists. And he had three assists in the last series. Um, only person who had more points than him last series was Roland McEwen, which I don't think anyone saw coming. But I think he had uh, three assists and a goal. He 
They had four assists, it looks like. They changed the goal. Four assists. Okay. Uh, but yes. It, and Sakura has been someone who's been this guy kind of all year for the Eagles, right? It, Ontario has TJ Tynan. The Eagles yeah. have Dylan Sakura. Yeah, they both finished, I think, Tynan's top three. Sakura's fifth, somewhere around there. He might be seventh, and Sherwood actually might be fifth in the league in scoring. So so certainly some high octane at the top of the Eagles team there. Sakura officially with 33 goals and 40 assists in 60 games. And that includes missing a handful of games for times where he was called up with the abs. I got to so. give him credit, too. Um, I was worried about him being the call-up for his time with the Avalanche. Um, I didn't trust him. He was mishandling the puck a few times at the beginning of the season and creating turnovers, but he played, as far as the call-ups go, one of the best. He fit in pretty well um, as far as the young call-ups go. Yeah, I. he was an interesting one when the Avs slash Eagles acquired him because I think AJ certainly expected that you'd see a little bit of him in the NHL. So it wasn't surprising to see him called up, but we've seen the Avs rotate through a number of guys, you know, historically Sheldon Dries, TJ Tynan got that chance when he was here, even to a lesser extent, someone like Kiefer Sherwood, where you never really know what you're going to get out of those AHL tweener type players in the NHL. So when Sakura can come in and do something solid like that for the Avs, is it a massive game changer? No. Does it matter? Yes. On the other side, though, Kiefer Sherwood, what what's not to love about this player in the AHL? And and I do want to dig into this conversation because a lot of people that are going to be viewing this for, through an NHL and avalanche lens need to understand that Sakura and Sherwood are elite AHL hockey players. Right. So sell me on Sherwood. What's what? What's good with Kiefer? The qualifier in the AHL is really important because the AHL is just a different type of hockey. It's not a lot of five on five. A lot of it's done on special teams. And we talked about discipline and lots of penalties. That happens a lot in the AHL. And so a lot of time is spent on the power play. And Kiefer Sherwood's on that top power play unit and he thrives there. He's really well well rounded in his game generally. There's not really an area that I'd like to see it better at but it just doesn't really translate at the NHL level. That's why we're having this conversation with the qualifier at the AHL level, but he has elevated his game. Um, He's having a career year as well for himself personally, and he's demonstrated some leadership as well Um, at points when there have been guys out of the lineup, he's worn a letter. And so he just brings so much to the table for the Colorado Eagles that can only, you know, there's a trickle down effect. It can only benefit the young prospects uh, whenever those lines get mixed around in practice, things like that, or even just having a power play that works pretty effectively to give people on PP2, like Bocage and Foodie, a chance to get better. Um, I think that's the benefit of having someone like Sherwood there. Is beyond just a trickle down effect, is there opportunity for particularly Foodie, who is a center? to get opportunities to play next to these guys. You know, it's interesting because right now with foodie, it's cow that he's getting opportunities to play alongside. And I think that is still going to be so beneficial to him. Like haven't really seen 
the Sherwood Sakura malts of wine get broken up and have them placed in different parts of the lineup, which I think would be interesting. Um, but Kaut's been moved a little bit, and I don't think it's a demotion. I think that the, t the first and second line are both just really good. Yeah, uh, to your original point, it's trying to define lines in the AHL can be difficult because of all that special teams time. So yeah. you do end up with some weird minutes and things like that at times in, in the AHL. But I do want to keep it moving down the forwards. I know not, uh, maybe not your X factor, but AJ has been uh, all about this dude the entire season in Mikhail Maltsev. He's one of the abs to bring him back up. It hasn't happened. Has he at least uh, shown out in the AHL? Oh, absolutely. I love Maltsev. I think he wins a lot of faceoffs. I'm a big uh, advocate of that. I think it helps so much throughout the game. And a lot of his points are through assists. Um, he distributes the puck really well, and he has become more reliable defensively, too. Um, he got bumped down to PP2, but it just had something to do with his shot. It wasn't anything of a demotion for him. Um, and I really liked what I've seen of him, too, because he used to be a little shyer to play the body and enter those board battles, but I've seen him doing it a lot more um, and not checking out at the ends of shifts. That was something I saw him and Kaut doing at the beginning of the season, but they're uh, both showing up in every way. Um, and Maltsev is one that I'd love to see called up again, too. When I think with a guy like Maltsev and to, to a similar extent, a guy like Kaut, when you talk about like how good they are, their skills aren't really what's held them back in the NHL. It's been a lot more of understanding the engagement, the shift by shift. Uh, you've got to be committed to what you're doing. You have to understand that there are no shifts off. You don't get, you know, these guys aren't going to be high-end NHL players. They don't get 24 shifts to go out there and work their way into a game. They've got to be engaged from the jump. And that's where I think you've seen both Baltsev and Kaut take steps forward this year is that they've they've started to figure it out a lot more that, there's a certain level of accountability that the Avalanche are looking for. There's a certain level of uh, of just engagement. Every single time you get on the ice, you've got to be able to you've got to be able to bring that, and not just have really quiet stretches of games where you go, you know, you play eight minutes and nobody notices you out there. And I think um, it's especially true for Maltsev that that's gotten better as the year has gone on. Now playing in between two guys who end up in the top 10 in the AHL and scoring is going to help, but he's also helped that line work. Like he has tied a bow on that line. They couldn't have dropped just any old center down there and said like, they couldn't have put Robert Hamilton there and been like, okay, this line still works. So it's, it's, it's a credit to Maltsev that, he has made that work, and he is he's had a great year. He's been great this year. I want to give him credit from the first call-up opportunity in the season to the second, the improvement he showed in each. I think that um, you talked about engagement, and that's something that Cronin at the beginning of the season said was an area of his game to improve on was energy and showing up with the same energy shift by shift. And I do think that he has shown up um, more consistently as engaged as ever. Um, and I think too, he learned a lot from the first call up experience into the next and was able to make more of his opportunity in the second call up, even though he didn't actually get a point. 
he came very close to it. Um, and I think that's something that separates him from Kaut a little bit, is I don't know if Kaut, in his also limited role during call-up opportunities, was able to make himself visible. And I think Maltsev was beginning to learn that a little bit better. All right. I do want to get into the defenseman as well. But first, we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. You can use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account. Bet $5 on any NBA playoff game and get $150 in free bets. So jump on that when you get $150. If you are an Eagles fan, yes, you absolutely can bet on the AHL playoffs when it comes to DraftKings Sportsbook. Megan, I can't imagine you prepared any bets, but who would you bet? (laughs) What would you bet on? Eagles in five? Um, think about it. Yeah, that's probably fair. Eagles in five. All right. AJ wanted Eagles in four down there. He's feeling I confident. I wanted it, but that <laughs> feels cocky. <laughs> if that if you're feeling cocky, you can do that on DraftKings. You can take the Eagles in three if you're really feeling it. Go over there. I'm not saying you're going to win money on that bet, though. Be be smart with your betting. Uh, you can bet on anything in the AHL. Of course, NHL bets. Of course, we'll make up a sport, and within a couple of weeks, it'll probably be on DraftKings for you to bet on. So jump over there. Go find something interesting to bet on. I couldn't sleep the other night. Throw on some darts. Make a couple bucks. It's that easy with DraftKings. So... Have some fun with it. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, restrictions, conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we're also brought to you by Lightshade. 11 different locations in the Denver metro area now to cover all of your THC and CBD needs. You can order online at lightshade.com and get 25% off when you use code DNVR there. That's buy an ounce, get a quad free, y'all. Jump on it. Go get that opportunity. You can also get their Ripple products, which is absolutely awesome stuff. You can put it in just about anything. It's just a tasteless dissolvable that you can put in a a cup of Gatorade. You won't even notice it. You can put it in your brownies. You won't even taste it. You can put it in pretty much anything, turn it into an edible or a drinkable goes right into your system, starts acting just like normal THC or CBD, depending on whichever kind you get, whatever you're looking for. They even have rip sticks. If you need some fast acting stuff, you can just pour it right on your tongue. Starts working in 10 minutes. So Go over to Lightshade, check out all of their awesome products today. Again, 11 different locations in the Denver metro area. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. You talked about Roland McEwen a little bit, the surprise step up in round one for the Eagles, but we would be remiss without mentioning Jordan Gross, the <laughs> AHL defenseman of the year. Kind of a big deal for the Eagles. Open league in scoring, too. Like, he was incredible this year. He really was. Um, a couple of us in the media talked to him after the Henderson series, and it was one of, I don't want to say strange in a critical way, it was one of the strangest interviews because he just didn't seem that excited. I think it just speaks to him being a really humble person because um, we were talking about his accolades and the career year that he's having and, you know, what was the difference for you this year? What changed? And there I don't even remember his answer. It was it was just something very basic. Um, but he was really uh, been impressive this season, especially offensively. 
you know, it, it is interesting when you do interview some of those guys that are extremely focused and, and in a year like that, they do, they are often, you know, they're looking at the next thing. He's, he's got a round two series to go get ready for. He's not worried about the, the awards. He'll deal with that stuff later. Uh, right. So, you know, there you go. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, the quick comment y'all here brought up. McCarr Jr. confirmed with that uh, with that humble that's, mindset. That's actually probably a great comparison because he was really nice the same way that Kim McCarr can be so kind, but just kind of devoid of emotion at points. Slight, slight serial killer vibes. Not too much, but just a little bit. All right? They're so focused. <laughs> exactly. Uh, moving down the Avs, or rather the Eagles, excuse me, defensive list, uh, they had seven defensemen play in the round one series. Uh, the ones that played in every game, McEwen, Gross, and then you had the midseason college pickup of Omot, uh, Andres Anglin, and Keaton Middleton. Uh, I, I just want to interrupt you. What's wrong with McDonald? I don't remember what happened to him. I So it didn't happen. Um, well, it happened in game one, apparently, but I didn't know what it was, just that he wasn't available for game two. And I asked if he would be available for the second round, and Cronin just didn't know. So I'm not sure what the issue is. Not great. He could, honestly, he could show up game one, top line, top pair minutes. I don't know. I certainly would be a boon to the Eagles, you would think, if he is that would be playing. Really Magna, too. I think Magna will be there just with the face shield. That's my guess, though. Something you could potentially play through there, at least. Uh, yeah. Uh, would be nice for them to have their captain. Right. <laughs> I think it sounded like he might require some cosmetic-type surgery. Get the get the uh, the extra thick face shield so nothing can get through there. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but continuing through through the defense here, obviously mid season trade of Justin Barron, which I know broke everyone's heart. But the Eagles have been using kind of a a pretty stretched out cast of a bunch of different guys on defense this year. Uh, how have they made it work? How, how obviously, you know, in the regular season, you go all the way down to Nathan Clerman and, and all of these guys, but how have they settled in now that the playoffs have, have gotten underway? Kind of weird timing because the way that they settled in just before some of these injuries was by counting on Jacob McDonald and by counting on Dennis Gilbert. Um, they've kind of been a huge part of this. Roland McEwen has actually been solid too throughout the season, but just about all of this year, Middleton and England, you could count on one of those two being scratched because everybody else was healthy. Kind of similar with Rob Hamilton, who I really like, but he's also usually the odd guy out um, with a fully healthy lineup. It's interesting to see that um, why Amit is getting the looks that he is right now, um, but I think it's kind of out of necessity. So. I would actually point to the decor, the way it's structured right now, out of desperation a little bit, but it's not working badly. Like, it's working for the Eagles, at least. Um, and a lot of that's Jordan Gross. Um, just the Eagles generally keeping the puck out of their own end and not making the decor fight for their lives. Um, but the other part of it has been Roland McEwen stepping up. And I've always really liked Rob Hamilton. I think he's very reliable and they have him on the top pair. So I think that has helped keep them afloat. 
All right. Is with the forward side, you, you've talked about, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for a guy like a foodie, a guy like a Cout, where they're learning and, and you know, it's it's almost like a team effort to to help those guys take the next steps in their career. With the defense as it's currently built, Clerman is down in the ECHL with the Grizzlies, so he's not really part of this team for the playoff run. How is the, the chemistry there with a bunch of guys that are, for the most part, career AHLers in the decor. Yeah. Um, I think it looks pretty good. Cause with exception, Amit, these guys have been playing together all season. So it, yeah, it looks pretty good. Even in spite of some of the changes, like Middleton's D partner was Justin Barron and he's gone now. So they've, they look really cohesive to me, even Middleton and Amit together. It, it, a very random thought that has nothing to do with the Eagles, but is it as weird to you two as it is to me that both Magna and Middleton families have a Jacob brother? Yeah. And for some reason, <laughs> Jacob McDonald and Jason Magna existing on the same team, I think I'm going to create a hybrid player and refer to him as Jacob Magna because of his brother. And so I... <laughs> I really do worry that this is going to happen. I'm going to say that name one time. Were they both in the Sharks organization until the one deadline? Of them got traded, yeah. But yeah, like, I know Middleton got moved to in the Kakinen deal that I hated that much. But it's it's so weird that like the other brother and the Sharks are just like, yeah, we'll go. With, I guess I, I don't even know. Most families have like so the bad, bad brother. <laughs> But I don't think there's a good or bad brother in these. No. Are, do they want to be the Avs, or are they just the off-brand Avs? That's they want the... right. They want to be the Colorado organization. They're they're the they're the Avs that you buy like the unlicensed gear at Walmart that's got like the wrong shade of blue. Mom, I want to buy the Avs. No, we have the Avs at home. The that's Avs right. San Jose. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I guess Jacob Middleton is quite Jacob a bit. He's, like, he's, like, he's like a real NHLer. That's that's very fair. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But he, hey, Keaton Middleton has played NHL games. He's really big. He is very large. He can throw. So take that. So take that. I'm sure well, Keaton they, Middleton beat him up a bunch as a as a young kid. I was gonna say when they when they wrestle back at home for Christmas or whatever, Keaton, Keaton gets his. He's catching doves left and right for sure at that point. Uh, okay, so I I think I've answered all of my own questions. But AJ, do you have anything or Megan anything you wanted to to touch on with the Eagles organization? Um, just the Sampo Ranta question and Oscar Olison. You know whether Sampo returns. I don't have the answer to that but it is looking hopeful that he returns um, in a later series pending how far the Eagles get um, because he has returned to contact into practice. And as far as an Oscar Olison debut, I guess that's going to hinder on a couple of things. Like if Jacob Magna, I'm kidding. Jason Magna is healthy. <laughs> um, and cause I mean, it's kind of a good problem to have, but especially with the forward group right now, the guys that are healthy scratches are Bowers and Fontaine and Olison, And those are all players that you could put in this lineup and would probably do well. 
Um, and it would be hard at this point, I think, for Oscar Olison to get precedent over Fontaine or Bowers. Um, but it could happen, and I haven't seen what he's been like in practice. So it, I don't know if the debut anytime soon. Obviously, injuries do happen, but same way the Avs just swept the Predators, the Eagles are 2-0 and in the playoffs, and any coach is going to look at that and go, boy, I don't want to change my lineup. Yes, exactly. That's so... Good. Might might be tough for someone like Olison to find a way into the lineup. We'll put it that way. That's Can I just say, up until right now, it's really weird that the Avalanche organization hasn't lost a playoff game yet. Six and oh. Yeah. Ah, because oh, Colorado the, went four and oh. The, the Eagles went two and oh. And the Grizzlies have gone three and oh. So nine and oh. <laughs> and it's just like, happened too. So weird. Even losing Trent Minor. Peyton Jones had a great game. Old friend Peyton Jones. Once God. upon a time, he backed up an NHL game. I just remember talking myself into him at prospect showcases and being like, he's big. He's big. And then he'd give up a softie over his glove. And I was like, all right. Well, he's big. Well, he's big. <laughs> Trent Miner is now actually, as of eight minutes ago, been reassigned. Good. I was curious why it hadn't happened before this guy came back. Your goalie, uh, your goalie tweet from earlier today requires goalies. (laughs) Requires an update. Yeah. Goalies are always voodoo. So even even when it comes to roster transactions, they're voodoo. You can never predict it. That's (laughs) good. I agree. I agree. It's now. I, I, a serious, more serious question came to me. The Avs got to finish their series before Mercury went into retrograde. The Eagles have to start their series with Mercury mm-hmm. into retrograde. It's not looking good. They took two too many men penalties in the game two of Henderson. Oh, so I'm not oh. feeling good about the communication with these guys, but. Hopefully that's something they've been working on. Yeah. Uh, said, guys, we're in retrograde now. We can't be doing this. Honestly, Do they have the calendar in the locker room? Keeping I, track of it? God, I hope so. It, I could see Bellington being a Mercury retrograde guy. <laughs> it, His whole career has been in retrograde. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> It it is extremely interesting, especially in the AHL when you talk about communication like that. Because I'm going to be honest, in the AHL, team systems are optional <laughs> to a certain extent. Suggestions, <laughs> yeah. So when there are players around the ice and things are a little bit more free flowing, that conversation that ability to talk to each other and, and communicate on the ice does become that much more important for these players. So I do think uh, if uh, communication is affected here, could see some ugly hockey. My hope too, is it could just be chalked up to losing Magna mid game and having to re evaluate the lines and guys just being a little bit confused about where they needed to be and when. Um, and so hopefully there will be some stability added back to the lineup, whether that means Magda is back for game one or they just have someone new there in his place. Um, hopefully we won't be seeing that again or I'll be so mad at them. It, 
is how does mercury in retrograde work is this like the hockey god karma where it feels like you're building up tallies and eventually the the pendulum's going to swing the other way or or is this just it can get infinitely bad i think it actually is dependent on how much you believe in it i feel like if you don't believe in it it affects you the least so it it's it's something i encourage nobody to lean into and not to fear in any way and if you have no awareness of it existing it's probably better so the more we signal boost this, yeah, the more we screw everything. <laughs> uh, right. And as Dylan, this is all on us. As Dylan has reminded us, what well, we did this tarot card reading, what feels like three years ago at this point, but I actually did want to rewatch that podcast to see what some of those predictions were and how they came to fruition now through the end. Yeah. That's, the only ones I remember are the tower, of course. Like, what was uh, he covers? I feel like his was memorable. Yeah, and Confers was like, I can't remember the cards that were pulled, but it was like, he's going to face adversity and will either, like, overcome it or crash and burn. And somehow he managed to do both by starting the season super hot and then going disappear mode. Well, and then his BFF got traded halfway through the year, so... Did the cards see that coming? Then he was lonely. <laughs> Did we? I can't even remember if we did Jost on the show or not. I think we did. I don't okay. remember either. I just remember, will they win the Stanley Cup? And she pulled the tower and then the cups. And it was like, oh, but it's sideways. So there's a blockage. And it was like, yeah, I would say so. It's called the fucking second round. <laughs> and I just don't. Yeah. And. You broke your mic. AJ's mic is in retrograde. Oh my Confirm. god, technology issues. Communication. Oh my god. It's happening. <laughs> I'm going back to bed. <laughs> Actually, I have this whole article that I'm writing about how the app stomped out the predators. That's awesome. Yeah, so make sure you go check that out. You can uh, get a DNVR Avalanche and Eagles membership right now over on the DNVR.com. There should be, in theory, a Sean Barron's piece one of these days. There is a Sean Barron's piece. <laughs> we just sort of forgot about it because we've been really busy. That the forgettable guy. <laughs> the playoffs did kind of start happening and, and things went a little haywire. Yeah. I began transcribing it last night at the bar. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna work on Barons. There you go. Maddie doesn't Maddie doesn't know how the blocks were or how the blockages work with the cards. Laxative's not gonna fix that, my man. It's just gonna change your day in a really bad way. The laxative might become the blockage at that point. I that, think yeah. that could be a problem. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway yeah the dnvr avalanche content we have absolute gobs of it here on youtube and on the site uh, if you get an annual membership of course you get a free shirt i think there's still a couple Nas shirts left but nope they're gone yep the second run when the second run gets come when when that gets back in and it's everybody it's free for all but well. First, have, the first run is finished. You'll have to settle for the dope Howler shirt from Breck Brew Those instead. Really cool. So a, a pretty, a pretty dope shirt, nonetheless. Or any of our other options, of course. Uh, there's the the Nas shirt and the Howler shirt. So 
go check those out. Of course, you can just buy them at the dnvrlocker.com too. Um, yeah, I'm good. Any any final thoughts beyond what we covered? No. Eagle shirt win. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If they Are could you do though? it all, if they could do it all, I think that would warrant an eagle shirt. Oh no. Mercury's back, dog. No one can hear you. <laughs> Is Yahir muting it? Is he messing with them? No, I hope so. No sense. I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting here. I'm not doing anything at all, but I'm just laughing my ass off. Because he keeps <laughs> talking and I'm just like, it's not working. Don't lie. We know your nickname is Mercury. He's so <laughs> 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 that was definitely him. That one was <laughs> definitely him. Uh, anyway, we're going to get out of here. We appreciate all y'all watching along. Be sure to like and subscribe here on YouTube. That helps us out, of course, especially if you like Eagles content. We know there's a, a good number of you that have been asking us to to put more stuff like this on the podcast. So we're going to do our best to bring it to you. Obviously, Megan doing all the hard work on these ones. So shout out, Megan. Go read her Barons piece whenever it comes out. Uh, we're out of here and we will be back tomorrow, probably to talk NHL playoffs and where all these ridiculous series stand. <laughs>